0: Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties, listen to the questions you have.
1: We find pros in the know to help you learn.
2: And connect with our amazing VO community.
1: Welcome Welcome to to VO VO Booth Booth Besties. Welcome, everyone, to VO Booth Besties. We're here to help working voice actors get your most important questions answered by industry pros who know. Each week, we have a new topic and a guest speaker who is an expert on that topic. Have you joined our weekly email list? Swingbyboothbesties.com and shoot us a message with your email and we'll get you added. And if you haven't joined our VO Booth Besties Facebook group, go join us there too. As usual, if you have a question as the interview goes on, simply drop it into the chat and we'll do our best to fit it in. Now, without further ado, let's meet our guest. Over to you, A.B.
0: With over 25 years as a professional voice actor, J. Michael Collins has worked with some of the biggest companies, brands, sports leagues, and organizations on the planet. In addition to his work in the classic agency-based world of VO, Jay Michael has established himself as a leading authority in the online and DIY voiceover marketplace and has become recognized as an industry-leading voice talent coach and demo producer as well. Jay Michael has won more than 50 industry awards as a voice actor, demo producer, script writer, and casting director. Along with his wife and business partner, Anna, J. Michael is the producer of VO Atlanta, the industry's largest and longest-running conference, co-producer of the One Voice Conference USA, and hosts voice actors each year at luxurious venues in Europe for the signature JMC Euro VO retreats. Over to you, JT.
2: Thank you very much. Jay Michael, it's good to have you with us. Welcome to VO Booth Besties.
3: Well, pleasure to be here. I'm going to get uh, Alicia to do all of my publicity in the future.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure she'd love to.
3: (laughs) How are you guys?
2: We're great. So glad you're here. And you're stateside now?
3: I am. I am uh, marinating in a vat of melted butter at Lobster Manor at the moment.
2: Uh, Yeah, melted whether you want it to or not, right?
3: That's right. <laughs> so it's ninety something well, over here, and thoroughly humid. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, here too. So we have a lot to cover today, uh, but we wanted to start with your backstory. Now we know you've been in business for more than two decades, but how did you end up in VO?
3: Oh, I'll give you the Cliff's Notes version because it's. Uh, I think I've told this story a million times, but it, um, I started in radio, uh, through essentially sheer nepotism and uh, and back sheesh at the age of fifteen. <laughs> Actually, had a program on uh, a Bloomberg Information Radio Station in uh, Dallas, Texas, called Texas Money in the Afternoons, which I initially started out as an intern on, and then when they decided to sell the radio station and change the the format, uh, when they were going through the process of getting FCC approval for that, the guy who was the host, who was named Dan Foster, just up and quit. And uh, the owner of the station was a family friend, and he called me into his office one day and said, hey, kid, I'm going to give you a break. And uh, gave me a radio show (laughs) Uh, because I couldn't do any couldn't do any damage to the station because he had already gotten his money the ink was already dry on the contract Uh, of course he was paying me nothing so I would come in after school and do you know drive time five to seven and basically just reading information off the Bloomberg terminal for the most part but uh, started doing um, started getting hired by station sponsors to do commercials and while the station wasn't paying me much anything all of a sudden I find myself you know. 16, 15, 16 years old. And, uh, I'm making $2,000 a month doing, commercials for station sponsors. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is cool. I'm taking girls at the baseball <laughs> games and nice dinners. You know, <laughs> This is neat. Uh, you know, so, so my brain kind of shifted immediately into, well, the voiceover thing is at least equally as interesting as radio and uh, stayed in the Texas area for college, went to the University of North Texas. And uh, by the time I graduated, I was making a, a small but legitimate living doing voiceover and actually passed up the chance to go to law school, deferred for a year because I was already earning more than I would have when I, you know, came out and became a prosecutor or whatever. And, uh, it just turned into a career slowly, but surely. So it's, uh, it's, it's not the way most people get into the business these days, but that was, you know, 1994 through, you know, about 2000 when I had that part of my journey and, uh, here we are.
2: Yeah. I have a similar story. It's funny how that works. Although, um, my station sponsors that was included in my paycheck. I did not make
3: extra Ah. money for (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: <laughs> so then you moved into coaching how right. did that
3: start oh good i mean that was i don't think people realize that i i don't think i i coached anybody until oh was it 2023 now um i'd say the first time i took somebody on for coaching was maybe <sighs> 2010 or so um, I'll tell you something. This is the, this is something that a lot of people get pissed off when I say. But uh, um, until you know about that time, I thought voiceover coaching was the biggest scam on the face of the earth. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, I I mean, I I'm a I'm an autodidact. I and my parents put me in front of the TV too much when I was a kid, I guess, and I rolled out of bed when I was a teenager. Just kind of, this was in my blood. It was instinctive for me, and I I you know, to this day really haven't had much of any of my own coaching, um, you know, which is certainly not what we recommend now, but you know, when I was coming up, it wasn't really a thing the way it is now. There were, so, you know, a few coaches in LA, a few in New York, maybe, and it just wasn't, uh, as organized as it is today. And, uh, you know, I used, I used to really think it was not, not a, a legit to be honest with you. And then I had a few people start asking me, you know, how are you doing what you're doing? Cause I was becoming a bit more visible and, uh, I, you know, God, I want to say the, first person or two I coached I charged them like 50 bucks an hour or something and uh, and then they started booking you know and it's it was a little bit like okay well hold on maybe there is something to this and you know like anything else the more you do it the the better you get at it i was probably a terrible coach the first first <laughs> 6 months or a year that i was doing it uh but uh over time it you know the, the demand grew and and there were results and you know i, I think that coaching is is such a it's an unusual thing it's a personal thing it's it is being a teacher you know i at this point in, in my life even uh you know even when i'm charging my full rack rate which is 300 dollars an hour i'm losing money if i'm coaching because i'm not out doing the actual work which pays more but the reward of being able to see people go out and have their own careers and you know build up their own businesses and now you know I feel a little bit sometimes like like you know Bill Walsh or uh, or, or Andy Reid where I've got this tree of people like Brad Highland and Bridget Real and Jen Henry and others who are out there coaching on their own now and you know and on our six figure talents and are teaching other people how to do it the way they do it you know that that's a cool thing to watch and that's you know the, the I, I think so many people think oh you know their coaches dead they're just in it for the money or maybe they're they're doing it because they can't book or whatever it might be. And in in most cases, coaches, nobody wants to present it as doing anybody a, a favor or a charity or anything like that because there is money changing hands. But, boy, we can earn a lot more on the mic.
2: Yeah, for sure. So when did the coaching evolve into producing demos?
3: That was a couple of years later. I, I want to I say maybe I produced the first demo I did for, for pay, um, I don't know, 20 2012 2013 2014 something like that um i you know it started with me doing my own uh and the reason i started doing my own was you know a problem a lot of us were having back then was that we would do these incredible spots or campaigns or promos or whatever and we would get the reels back or the the spots back from uh, you know from from whoever was producing them or from the network or whatever it may be and uh and we'd be like oh we can't wait to put these on our reel and like not even half the time 80 percent of the time we'd get them back and go what the hell did they do to the audio or, (laughs) or, or why did they choose that cut? You know, Uh and and we did, and you don't want to use them. I mean, I, I, the story I always tell to illustrate this is I did Dave Fanoi's uh, promo demo a few years back and uh, we were going through, I mean, Dave's got a, a, you know, just absolute library of promo stuff he's done over the years and we're going through all of it and we wound up using one single spot. From uh, actually, it was a spoof promo he did for Saturday Night Live for uh, <laughs> a, a mock of uh, the TV show This Is Us that was called This Is Us. That's about that was about politics. It was a Saturday Night Live skit, and it's the only real spot that we used because everything else we felt like you know just for for vo demo purposes we can actually make it sound better. And that's not a knock on the people that produce this stuff for air because what happens is many times for TV or for radio they're compressing it, they're doing other things and. Post post-production in ways that put on just an audio file that you're listening to on high-quality headphones or on studio monitors actually isn't going to sound quite the same way. And right. for that reason, that's why Demo producers, the stuff that we put out, often sounds a little bit better than, than what you might get back from a client that has gone to air.
2: Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. You know, I mean, I remember when I first started, um, well, actually, when I hit platinum on voice one, two, three. I just remember seeing your picture up there with your tux and your, your uh, award in hand and thinking, damn, I want to be him.
3: Well, so, you'd have to gain a lot of weight and grow and, and lose a lot of hair. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, nobody can deny that you have positioned yourself as an industry titan. And that doesn't happen overnight, but what would you say has culminated in your success what's been the the key oh, p- for you
3: pure pure snake oil and bullshit um, <laughs> no uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, honestly you know something um it's a, it's it's two things number one is persistence um I've never believed, and I still don't believe to this day that i'm you know, necessarily a superior talent to anybody else. I mean, I, I direct people on a regular basis that I I get off the session and I go, "Good God, I don't want to audition against that person." Um, <laughs> you know, but but it's but it's being it's being dogged. I mean, I put out a thing the other day on social media talking about how it's all about the at bats, and I, I think there are mm-hmm. not enough talent. Look at this industry through the math. And, you know, one difference between the way that I came into the business, and I think a lot of people came into the business, is that I am a business person first and an artist second. And that's not to belittle the art. But I'm a, I've am always looked at this from a business perspective as the primary focus, as the primary lens that I look at through. And that comes down to math. That comes down to numbers. Everything is about numbers and everything is about ratios and percentages and you know how frequently you're converting the actual work from the, the efforts that you're putting forth. And I've just simply found over the years that the bottom line is the more people who hear your voice, whether that's in the form of an audition or in the form of a demo reaching a potential buyer or a roster that may add you, the more work you're going to book. And what I've done over the years is I've created enough pipelines that, you know, on an average day, between talent agency representation, between being on the rosters of probably 1,500 production companies and ad agencies <laughs> between, I'm no bullshit, I mean, over over 20, some, you know, 25 years or so, that's, you know, I, I, we're, I'm marketing to them every day one way or the other, you know, and being on, uh, you know, still on a platinum on voice one, two, three, having repeat clients who come back to me with stuff, you know, still fishing a little bit on Badago having a, a website that's got a Google domain authority that's 40, uh, you know, and then networking, I probably have access to 200 unique audition opportunities every day of reasonable quality, which I certainly can't do all of. But what that means is that I've got a pipeline of stuff in addition to work that just finds me after this amount of time that that doesn't, you know, if, if I stopped auditioning for a year, it would start to suffer but it gives me a little leeway and I think that that talent have to understand this is a long game and the more that mm-hmm. you build up those pipelines the more that you build up that daily access to a stream of quality jobs from numerous sources so if one slows down you can have others that will pick back up uh, the better off you're going to do and and the the other thing the number two I was going to give you is that um, the other thing is just as Jen Henry says don't be a dick uh, yep. you know? <laughs> and, and it's look I, I, I have a, you know i hopefully the, that i can count on one hand the number of enemies in this business you're if you don't piss a few people off you're you're not doing it right but at the end of the day treat others the way that you want to be treated be decent to people you know and uh and it does come back to you over time you know just the elevator back down i i'm a big believer in that
2: now something that we're hearing especially post-pandemic is that um A lot of people decided that voiceover would be a great opportunity for them since they were sitting at home and they had time on their hands. The word that we're hearing now is oversaturated. Do you think the voiceover market has become oversaturated at this point?
3: No. Um, I think it's oversaturated with people calling themselves talent and I don't mean that to be disparaging. Um, you know, the kind of a, a, a anecdotal number I always throw out there when new talent are asking me that question is I think there are probably about 200,000 people in the United States, North America, calling themselves professional voice actors. Uh, now at the end of the day, out of those 200,000, it's about 10,000 who are moving the needle at all in terms of income. And out of those 10,000, it's about 2000 who are booking most of the work. So the bottom line is there's more work out there than there's ever been, uh, if you are good at this and if you can handle the technology and understand how to make your audio sound right and how to deliver it, uh, you know, chances are you're, and you have good business skills. Okay. Cause that's a prerequisite. But if, yeah. if all of those things are working in your favor, the chances are, you're not going to go hungry, you know, but the the flip side of course, is that chances are, you're also not going to get rich. Okay. Um, you know, the average Full time working VO people who do this the right way and bust their ass and you know and 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 get representation and have great demos and work hard and do the audition still most people do plateau out you know in in the mid to high five figures and that's that's if things are going well okay the number of people the cool thing about VO in twenty twenty three though is that it is the one business that I am aware of where the middle class and the upper middle class have grown at the expense of the one percent the number of people in voiceover making seven figures or eight figures today is dramatically lower than it was 20 years ago. The number of people making six figures is dramatically higher than it was 20 years ago. So there is a little bit of a balance in that. Um, But, you know, still, we're talking about, you know, maybe a thousand people making six figures in voiceover, um, you know, and maybe a hundred who are just VOs, not uh, celebrities making seven figures anymore. So it's, you know, it's 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 not a big number of people. It's, it's a small group. And uh, if you want to be one of those people you do, a lot of things have to come together for you.
2: Yeah. And, you know, the other question that we hear a lot um, in regards to coaching is, do you think that voiceover is inherently a talent in someone or can it be coached?
3: I think that it is inherently a talent that, um, you know, number one, if, if the talent is there, it can be coached to greatness. Um, if the, if there's not a lot of inherent talent there, it can potentially be coached to competence, but not necessarily to greatness. And I, and I always sort of, and I hate the, I know I'm a guy, but I always do this. I use the football analogy. Um, you know, but I always look at it as a coach and a quarterback, you know, coach can take a, mediocre quarterback and make them decent a decent one good a good one great and a great one a champion but they've got to be able to spin the laces they got to be able to throw the ball a little bit right um, and I, I don't think it's anything different than being a singer or being a stage actor you know or being any other kind of a performer um, there does have to be a spark if, you, if you're, if you're going to have true success if you're going to be elite there has to be some kind of a spark there uh, and I, I've you know seen around the industry for many years a lot of what I call perpetual students. And this is another thing that, you know, a lot of coaches and demo producers get mad at me when I talk about this. Um, I probably shouldn't as a conference owner because they, you know, they come to <laughs> conferences. But, uh, you know, but I see a lot of people who have been floating around for for 10 years, for 15 years, and they do book from time to time, but they're probably spending more than they're making on this. And, uh, you know, I, I one thing that I think is, is a less popular opinion that I have is that You know, look, if you've been at this for three to five years and you've done and you followed the steps and you've made the investments and you've done things the way that you're supposed to and it's not starting to happen. I don't mean that you're not hitting six figures, but that you're not booking, you know, enough to cover your nut, to cover what you've spent. Okay, you need to maybe think about whether or not this this is the right choice. And, you know, sometimes it's not that a coach has been blowing smoke at you or that you've been getting bad advice it's just maybe that the markets decided that now you know maybe you've got something that they want occasionally but not as frequently as as you or the people you've worked with may have hoped it's not necessarily that somebody's been you know selling you a pipe dream although there are plenty of people out there who will sell you a pipe dream Um, you know but it's uh, it, it just may not for whatever reason it may not happen. And I think that there are a lot of people who do sometimes get stuck into the mindset of if I just keep going and just keep going and just keep going, eventually it's something's going to give, right? Well, you know, I mean, they, they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over <laughs> again and expecting different results, right? So I, that doesn't make me real popular when I say that because it, it takes money out of the, you know, pockets of people who sell services to talent. But I I, I don't, I, I unless you are you know, independently wealthy, unless you, have and you love the social aspect of this and you don't care that you're not necessarily profitable. That's great. And there are people like that. And that's fantastic. And some of them are amazing and God bless them. Um, but if you're doing this as a business and it's not working, you know, if you've queried the number of possible reasons why, and you still aren't coming up with an answer after five years, the answer might not be there. And that's, that's that's not, that's that's not inspirational, but it's, but it's, it's, you know, it's just hardcore, no bullshit truth.
1: And you know, I think you touched hey, Jay Michael, it's Jen. Uh, the other Jen. Uh, I think Hi, you other touched Jen. on something. I think you touched on something really important too, which you've already said it, and we hear it over and over. It's a cliche at this point. The it's it, it's a marathon, not a sprint. But I think the other reality check in this is that you're talking about five years. Like I think mm-hmm. some people really I know I was one, just get so excited and you're all in and ego's leading and, you know, you're, you've got your cheerleaders behind you. But the reality may not happen that to find out this isn't right for me, that you may need to hustle, not for a year, not for two years, not. but you may not find out this isn't a good fit. It could be five years. And I think right. that's an important thing to You know, there can be the anomalies. Awesome. You hit it big, you know, straight out the gate. And that's wonderful. But I think it's really important. You've really touched on that, that, gosh, you got to give it a minute, you know.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I I mean, you know, you you can't expect immediate results. You also, you know, should should allow what the market is telling you to to dictate how you continue to how and or whether you continue to invest in this business if you're seeing steady growth over time even if it's slow even if it's incremental if you're booking with some consistency that's the market telling you that you have something to offer you know i always tell newer talent who are you know starting coaching with whomever whether that's me or somebody else that a uh kind of a good metric. If you get done with all of your coaching, if you have all of your demos, you got your website, everything's put together, you're ready to rock and roll, and you book one job in your first month, that's great. That's great. If you book, you know, three within three months or four months, that's great. A good metric might be if you're 18 months in, if you're booking four or five new jobs every month, at which point you should also probably be having two or three or four repeat clients coming back every month. Your average voiceover job when you take everything into account pays about 500 bucks, okay? So if you're now having five, six, seven jobs a month, eight jobs a month at $500 a job on average, now you're making enough money that the IRS cares about it, right? So, you know, that's that's the metric you should be looking at. Are you making steady incremental progress? If you're five years in and you're still making, you know, $500 a month and you've spent $10,000 you know ten thousand dollars a year or more or less on the you know, wherever it may be on the business that isn't necessarily a good return on your investment, right for sure
2: um I know n j wants to talk to you about conferences, but before we go there, um I want to talk a little bit more about some of the other initiatives that you've taken on uh the big crowning jewel that I hope to attend one day, of course, the euro retreats. <laughs> tell us, what stroke of genius? did it take, what was the spark that made you go, oh, we can do this.
3: Alcohol. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. I've told this story before. I was, um, for some reason, uh, I don't know, there was a strike or something, whatever, but I was, I had to get from London back to Luxembourg. This was uh, 2000. Sixteen um, or early seventeen, because we did the first one in, in August of seventeen, I think, or September of seventeen. Um, but in any case, uh, I, I flew on British Airways from London to Paris, and then took the train from Paris to Luxembourg. And I was thoroughly overserved on that flight from uh, from London to Paris. Uh, and uh, like my gin and tonics from time to time, and had a very friendly crew um, that proceeded to give me a bag of the little minis to take on the train with me god bless them. Um so uh so I got onto the train with my bag of little tankers and uh found and I think they'd give me some little tonics too and uh well I was just having myself a day. And at one point I started scrolling through Facebook and up comes uh this uh very interesting picture of a beautiful villa in the south of France. And uh, I just on a whim Um, put on on Facebook, and I think I might have screenshot it, would anybody be interested in, uh, I think I described it as a Big Brother-style European voiceover retreat uh, you know, for a small group of people at some luxury villa in, in Europe. And I, and I said it would have to be at least $5,000 per person for it to make any kind of sense to, to be able to be done. And I just assumed that people were going to go, Oh, that's too expensive. You're crazy. Go away, J. Michael, your harebrained ideas. Right. Um, and within like an hour, I had 150 responses going, where, when, tell us, how do we sign up? And I was <laughs> like, Oh, and so I talked to Anna that night. I'm like, I think we might have a thing here. And, uh, the next thing I know she's doing research and she found, uh, a couple of locations to go to uh, scout. So within, I don't know, a month or two, I was on a plane to Barcelona to scout one of them and, uh, found Villa Blanco, which turned out to be our, uh, first location. And one of our favorites, we're going back there in uh, May of next year. And, uh, I think it'll be the fourth one we've done there. Um, And, uh, yeah, it just, you know, it, it, it turned into a thing. The first one, I think we had maybe 10 people and it was just four presenters. It was me, Joe Cipriano, Hugh Edwards and AJ McKay, I think. Um, and, uh, it, you know, we had no idea what to expect. Um, and uh, <laughs> when we got there, I told him, I said, this is either going to be the smartest thing we've ever done or it's going to be the end of my career. Uh, you know, and, and <laughs> we we were putting out so many fires behind the scenes because we had no idea what we were doing. Um, but somehow it not only worked and not only did the the people who attended get a lot out of it and, and really learn something, but it became it had a there was a magic to it that that we didn't expect that we had no idea would become part of these and that group turned into a family and, you know, they were on the Facebook group and on WhatsApp years later. And I mean, they still many of them, if we're crying out loud, one of them is the caretaker at our house now. Uh, you know, and it's, <laughs> it, 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 it just turned into this magical little group. And every single one sense has been the same. I mean, our, our uh, WhatsApp group from Holland, which we did just a couple months ago now, you know, they're still every day they're in there talking every day. Um, and it's, it's these, they become Families um, on top of all the learning and the fact that now you know now we have seven or eight presenters and we're bringing big, big agents and casting directors and stuff. They're just cool. They're fun, um, and we make no money off of these things. We if, <laughs> if, if 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 we make enough to to you know cover what I lose in a week of voiceover, that's a good one. Um, you know we 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 usually don't. Uh, so <laughs> but but they're a labor of love. They're a week of it's essentially a week vacation with the people that we love. And, you know, we, we, this industry has become our family. I mean, we have friends and, and family outside of voiceover, obviously, but in a lot of ways, our best friends and the people who are most like family to us are you guys. And, uh, you know, you're the people we want to hang out with because y'all are fun. And this is just, yeah, it's, it's, it, it they're, they're pretty cool.
2: I think we get that. Don't we? <laughs> we know uh, the best is be fun. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, it looks like we're at the halfway mark, you guys. So we're going to do a quick room reset. If you've just joined us, we're VO Booth Besties, and our goal is to help working voice actors get their most important questions answered by industry pros who know, like J. Michael Collins. And tonight we're cussing, discussing, we're cussing. We're,
3: we're cussing. We haven't started. I might have cussed <laughs> once or twice already.
0: I'm like the only one that wouldn't cuss. So tonight we're discussing <laughs> coaching demos, conferences, and more. So back to you, JT.
2: All right. Well, I think actually NJ's got some questions, so I'm going to turn the floor over to her.
1: Outstanding. Uh, So what I want to jump on is what we were just talking about is your role as well as Anna's and your assistance with your, uh, you know, support with Gravy for the Brains role in hosting voiceover conferences. And we just celebrated the 10-year anniversary of VIO Atlanta, and I would say it was a huge success. What did you think?
3: Yeah, it it didn't suck. Um <laughs> no, no. it did not. It, it was uh that I I you know I think in our wildest dreams I I think it came off uh the way we had, well, the way Anna had envisioned it, and I have to give credit where it's due because, truth be, truth be told, all of these events, um, you know, with the exception of one voice where the, the the Brits do a lot of the legwork on that one, but uh, all of the other ones, I mean, I'm basically just the mayor. I smile and wave, and Anna does all the hard work. Uh, so, I mean, this is, uh, all of these are a product of the fact that she is uh, an event planner and uh, coordinator extraordinaire, and, um, you know, her vision for Vo Atlanta was to take all the the things that uh were great about it that Gerald had put together in the past and to, you know, improve upon the things that needed improving upon. And uh I feel like we be I feel like we did all right. Um, you know, and the, the fact that we had to actually shut the website down and declare it sold out on the Friday was very unexpected. Exactly. Um, but- you know, but if the worst problem you have is that you've got standing room only, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's their worst problems to have. So, yeah, um, yeah we were happy with that. And uh, and then obviously we've got One Voice uh, coming up right around the corner now. And that's that's going to be a blast.
1: Yeah. So there you go. You just threw me a big old fat softball. So let's go there. Tell us for those down below who may not know about One Voice or it's new to them. Um, Can you tell us a little bit what can people expect from this conference?
3: Yeah, so this is our third year live with One Voice, uh, and uh, it's One Voice to me is um, it's, it's and I know we actually describe it this way, and it's it's kind of you know just been our thinking since the start. It's sort of the cool conference. Um, Vo Atlanta is the Super Bowl. Okay, Um, you know it's a it's a feast for the senses. It's a buffet. It's enormous, and you know every legend you've ever heard of is there. Uh, And that's what Bio Atlanta is supposed to be. What One Voice is is the talent who are. Out there, crushing it right now. Who are out there? You know, in the trenches, working on a daily basis, booking every single day or frequently. Uh, you know, we've got we've got our legends. We've got our handful of people who who are you know some of the the luminaries of the industry who've been around for a long time. But we but we love featuring people like Erica J and like Jen and like you know Bridget and Bev Standing and you know Brad Highland uh, and people who are out there crushing it on a daily basis right now and who are the people who are who are doing the thing, you know, and and who just aren't necessarily people who were doing the thing 20 years ago. They're, they're doing the thing now. And we've got, you know, what we love is we're bringing people in we didn't bring in for Atlanta. We're bringing in casting people we didn't bring in for Atlanta like Michael Surix from Bright School. who, uh, I'm not sure he's ever been to anything. <laughs> so we've got the CEO of Bright School coming in, uh, who's, by the way, one of the most incredible directors I've ever seen. I am, have never been a video game guy and I, uh, I had him for a webinar on Gravy for the Brain and brought him in and I sat there going oh my god, now I want to do video games. Um, you know, he's, he's amazing. We have Carol Kimball, who's a huge casting director in LA, uh, coming in. We've got Kristen Piva from Disney, who's been at One Voice before, but she wasn't in at Atlanta this year. Uh, you know, coming in, uh, Susan Suzanne Spaziani from ASP, which is one of the really cool under the radar boutique, uh, you know, LA and East Coast agencies. Um, so we've got some really really cool casting folks. We've got some you know top booking talent, and of course, we've got the One Voice Awards, which are the only awards in the industry, in any industry, as far as I know, where you don't have have to pay to play You're, you' you can enter for free and you don't have to pay if you win the statue. so uh you know it's a little bit more open to to again the talent who are working hard every single day in this business
1: that was that was excellent so so let's keep going what would you say is the benefit of going to conferences for new and working voice actors
3: I and so here's where I'm the like the worst conference owner in the world <laughs> the terrible salesperson because <laughs> uh, what I what I always the you know, talent is that um, it's, okay, look, the casting directors, the agents, the managers, you know, they're great. Get in front of them, learn from them. If you get the chance to read for them, go into their, you know, we do the little paid sessions, go do that. Do that. Be in the room, okay? Because every now and then, we do have people who stand out and who they remember and who get signed. There were probably a handful of people who got signed by the big agents who were at VO Atlanta, but that's a handful out of a thousand, okay, and a, with one voice, you know, probably about 400 so you know you're it it, there's a chance but but you've really got to stand out and make an impression the fact of the matter is that look people know that i hire talent okay so when i go to a conference i get 500 business cards well guess what they stay in the hotel room when i leave Okay, and I promise you the casting directors, the agents, and the managers those cards are not coming home with them either. We don't have time to enter all that data. we're busy, okay, so you know the if you stand out for them in a session, great, but truth be told where you're going to really level up other than just your skill set and potentially make connections that are going to help you book it's the people that you meet that become part of your circle. it's the people you're having lunch with it's the people you're singing karaoke with or going to the bar with at night, you know, or playing the games with or whatever it may be, our little circles, our tribes of talent in this business, we hire each other left and right. Okay. I probably hire, you know, two or three people I know on a weekly basis. I probably get hired by two or three people I know on a weekly basis. We, we pass out work, you know, how how often have we had it where clients come to this and said, Hey, you know, Hey, Jen, we need a male, right? Or, you know, hey, Jay Michael, we need a younger voice, or we're just tired yeah. of hearing you after all these years, can you please replace yourself? Uh, you know, it, it, it happens, and yep. we, pass, we pass work around left and right, so the, the bigger your circle is in this business, the more opportunities are just going to find their way to you over time, and it just goes back to what we said at the top, which is it's just another pipeline, and it's also the cool thing about that pipeline is it's a pipeline you're able to reciprocate. You're able to then return those favors over time as you You have something for somebody who may have hired you once upon a time.
1: Yep. Yep. Now, this year, One Voice is available both in person and online. Is that accurate? That's correct. Okay. Excellent. Um, Real quick, there's sessions, there's panels, and there's workshops. You kind of glossed over it real quick. Can you explain the difference to folks down below?
3: Right. So the way one voice works is a little different than VO Atlanta. And this is kind of this is uh, Hugh and and Peter came up with this concept for the UK conference and they brought it to the US conference. So you have uh, the panels are open uh, admission. Anybody can attend the panels. Um, You've got uh, the breakout sessions are also open admission that anybody can attend. Then we've got what we call um, free workshops. And those are limited to a certain number of people, depending on what the workshop in the room is. Um, Those open up for uh, registration on a first come first serve basis a little closer to the event i don't have that date right now but it's usually like two or three weeks out uh and then there are the paid workshops and the paid workshops are like what we call x sessions at Bo atlanta they are three hours with a small group they're limited to 12 people uh, unless the presenter chooses to have more uh and most of them don't so most of these should be 12 people this year and those are just small group sessions where you get a lot more hands-on training over three hours from that particular presenter
1: Excellent. Can you tell us a little bit about the keynote speaker this year?
3: Oh God, Troy Baker! I mean, uh, yeah, can you not fanboy over Tro- Troy Baker? He <laughs> was uh, the uh, the the you know lead on uh, the Last of Us video games, um, and uh, he actually appeared in the uh, in the TV series uh, in one of the later episodes uh, of the first season uh, recently. And of course, if you go look at Troy's IMDb, it's uh, I think it's longer than most of ours combined. Now. Yeah. <laughs> plus yeah. plus plus, right? Uh, you know, so he's um, he's he's just an absolute legend especially in the the character acting side of this with video games and animation uh and the you know it's it's uh it's a real signature get and uh give a little credit to hugh there because they're buddies so uh he was able to kind of twist his arm and and bring him in he's directed him on certain projects over the years so uh yeah troy's troy doesn't come to things other than like big big comic cons so <laughs> getting him out to a voiceover conference uh we're we're uh we're pleased
1: yeah no I cannot wait to hear him and if the opportunity presents itself to say hello in person. Right. So uh one voice you uh, the awards you mentioned that briefly. So can you um just get once again give us a highlight on how those work for people who might want to submit for next year. I know you said they're free uh, right. many categories but then it, but then the requirement is it has to happen within the or the year before maybe you can explain right. it better.
3: Yeah, the the previous year. Uh, and, you know, and again, that's a kind of a legacy thing from the way uh, the award, because One Voice Award started in the U.K., uh, and that was always the the policy there. Um, so it does have to be work from, from the previous year. So in this case, work from 2022, because uh, they're kind of honoring the work that was completed in that calendar year. Uh, and, yeah, it's a, you know, there, there are, I think we had pushing 30 categories this year. Um, you know, every performance category you can think of, and then a handful of demo categories as well, uh, in addition to a service provider category, and then uh, our voiceover artist of the year categories, uh, both male and female, and then uh, we do have a, a VO legend of the year who we don't announce until uh, until the day, uh, and that one's going to be a really cool surprise this year. Uh, but they are free to enter, as we said. I think we limited them to uh, to 8 or 10 entries uh, per individual uh, this year but uh, those are completely free uh, and you can submit uh, whatever work that you've got um, and then uh, you know the thing that, that we take a lot of pride in with the One Voice Awards is that uh, we don't tell you who the judges are um you know every year we reveal them at the uh, the actual awards gala uh but that way there can't be any kind of influence peddling or campaigns to try to get votes for your work lobster uh,
1: delivering lo- fresh sorry? lobster and uh
3: yeah it's not going to get you very far so <laughs> but uh but in any cases the the judges typically are comprised of you know a lot of the top casting directors agents and other luminaries in the business okay. and uh, they're they're revealed on the night um, and one thing I think that's cool that kind of differentiates one voice is that it's uh number one it's it's a it's it's a little more chill it's um it's got kind of a rock and roll vibe literally there were people singing rock songs on tables last year uh, and it's also a, a sit down dinner uh, where it's you know fully catered three course dinner uh, and uh and and just kind of a looser you know it doesn't take itself too seriously, uh, environment that, uh, again, is, is in many ways kind of meant to, um, to recognize, you know, the people that, that are working on a daily basis in this industry now, um, and not, you know, puff and fluff with a bunch of celebs.
1: So is there still time for folks to register for the conference?
3: Yes, there is. Uh, I, I don't know that we're going to be closing registration, uh, Unless we you know get to capacity like you okay. Atlanta did, you never know okay. uh but uh yeah, there is still time to register at onevoiceconference.com, dot com uh and uh that will be open i think uh, probably up until the uh, the start of the conference so and we've got you know full weekends we've got day passes available uh and of course you can also play online and i gotta i I have to hype it just a little bit uh we are doing the j m c demos dream suite yes. where
1: yes. we Tell do all
3: yeah. So one and all, you have to do is have a ticket. It can be an online ticket. It can be a day pass. Doesn't matter. Everybody gets the same chance. You get one chance. It's one. That, there's an Eminem song that goes that way. I'm not going to try to do it. I'll get in trouble. But uh, but basically, uh, JMC Demos is giving away twelve. 12- Demos, essentially every genre you can think of to one lucky winner. And you've got two years uh, with which uh, you can uh, coach with whomever you want to make sure you're demo ready before you actually do the demos. Uh, and then we'll schedule individual sessions for you for each one. Or if you're doing two or three at a time, we can schedule a long session. However you want to do it, there's no pressure. Uh, but somebody's going to win $23,500 worth of demos. Uh, and uh, that can be a career changer. And all you have to do is have a ticket. We're going to uh, assign everybody uh, a number and publicly uh, release that uh, before the closing ceremony. And at the closing ceremony. We're going to use a random number generator to pick the winner.
1: As I am very flattered to be chosen as a speaker this year, I don't get to participate in you this. You are but thoroughly
3: ineligible. <laughs> yes, I encourage
1: everyone. Oh my gosh, this is J- oh my gosh, just the registration, just the opportunity is just humongous. So, I know you have a hard stop, so I want to ask you one more question. Um it's kind of, this is kind of the tough one. Um, okay. So between Boxers. the conferences. You're ready. You can do it. Um between the conferences, um between webinars, podcasts like ours, we we are not exempt from this question, but it feels like we continue to get a lot of the same information. Yes, there's different people saying it, but, as my friend John ciano says we're all a, we're all a cheeseburger just different toppings <laughs> how do we how do we how do we um not fall into sort of this group think this you know we we hear again, there are so many coaches right now, honestly, but it does feel like you know cheeseburger with different toppings, whether it's marketing, whether it's branding, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's direct marketing pay-to-plays like how do we is there is there going to be this time where we're going to break away or and and maybe try and get outside of the same thought process and coaching and um do you understand what
3: i'm saying like i feel like i think so i mean well i mean look there's no one right path you know and anybody who's who's preaching the one true way um you know is probably a candidate to be a cult leader or a dictator uh you know it's it's there's, there is no one right way. You know, I've done this different ways over the years, you know, I I started out just as an agency-based talent because that's all there was when I first started. Right. Um, you know, and then I was one of the very early adopters of the pay-to-play sites. And, and look back from 2007 until about 2014 or so, we flip an eight on those sites. I mean, (laughs) we feasted, um, you know, and it was beautiful and they're not what they were, you know, seven seven or eight years ago today, Um, they've changed. So that's, it's still, you know, viable in some cases and some, if you know how to use them, but they're, you know, the the way that we would teach people how to use those sites 10 years ago is dramatically different from how we do it now. Um, You know, direct marketing, was not as big of a thing a decade ago or before as it is today. And, you know, there are parts of it that are oversaturated, but there are parts that aren't. There are parts that yep. people don't pay attention to. There's no, you know, to, to the, but, and you know, talent agencies, agency rep is, is fantastic. I, I don't think agents get enough credit for having uh, held the line on the high-quality work as well as they have, uh, which I don't think a lot of people thought they would when we saw all these online platforms come along, and they've done a better job than people give them credit for. You know, union, non-union. It's up to you. There are a million different ways to skin this cat. There are a lot of different genres. Um, You know, there are people, I know people who make half a million dollars a year doing nothing but e-learning. Okay. Um, you know, I know people who, who make their whole career on medical narration. I know people who make their whole career on political VO, um, you know, and then I know people who do nothing but high end trailer and animation. And, you know, and those are, there are a couple of people still in the healthy seven figures doing that. You know, So there are so many different ways to go at this. There is no right answer. Um, you know, and I'll tell you something Bob Bergen and I don't agree on everything, but one thing that Bob says that I think is, is just brilliant is he talks 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 about how you go and you listen to you know, the various coaches, various experts, various trainers, you're going to take 5%, 10%, 20% away from each of them. You're going to get nuggets that resonate with you from each person that you work with. And maybe 60% of it goes in one ear and out the other, or you already know it, or it doesn't work for you, or whatever it may be. But you're going to get a little something different from everybody. If you coach with me for commercial, you're going to get a, you know, technical creative approach. If you work with Dave Walsh, it's all heart, it's all emotion. You know, if if you work with other people, if you work with Ann Ganguza, you're gonna get a didactic, very detail-oriented approach. Everybody's a little bit different, and you're gonna take a little something different away from everybody that you work with. So yeah, I mean I think there can be a glut of information and there's a lot of it that's coming from the same tree, but there are also a lot of branches, and each of those branches have some value. You take what works for you and you leave what doesn't. I think that's
1: an I think that's an excellent answer. I appreciate that. Well, we wanna make sure we get you out of here on time. A B, you wanna jump over and let's um ask the for fun questions
0: okay the for fun questions um j michael we ask our questions some james lipton's ask our guests some james lipton style questions so tell us what singer band or composer are you enjoying right now
3: uh you know what i went to a springsteen concert in atlanta recently and i can't get it out of my head i'm i'm on a bruce kick
0: <laughs> you can't go wrong with a little springsteen
3: yeah I, it's amazing watching that man jump around the stage at, what is he, 74, 77, 73, something like that. Um, it, I, I feel great shame. I'll just put it to you that way.
0: <laughs> just, It's okay to just in, enjoy the show and not want to be like him. I don't want to <laughs> jump around the stage, and I'm only 40. All right. What podcast have you been listening to lately that you can recommend?
3: Oh, that's a good question. Um, Besides V.O. Booth Besties. Yeah, V.O. Be booth Besties. It, it rocks. It's the best. Um, they're the besties. Uh, I, I have I have to admit it, and I say this is a man who has a podcast. I don't really listen to podcasts.
0: <laughs> that's okay. We we love you anyway.
3: <laughs> but I, um, I, I also don't watch a whole lot of TV. I don't have a lot of time.
0: <laughs> you'd actually be surprised how often that that is the answer that we get, that, that, People even people who have podcasts don't listen to them and that is just fine.
3: I, I'm um, literally the guy who when I click on an article, if a video comes on, I, I scroll away because I don't have time to watch a video. I'm trying to digest text very quickly.
0: Yes, I get it. Same. Um all right. What is your favorite dessert?
3: At the moment, um Turkey Hill Banana Split Ice Cream.
0: Oh, I have had that. It <laughs> is delicious. <laughs> very simple and basic.
3: Very simple and basic. It's a tub of diabetes, and I love it.
0: (laughs) A tub of diabetes. Sign me up. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. We want to remind everyone that VO Booth Besties is live two days a week, and we invite you to join us Monday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, and for our VO 101 series on Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern.
2: Meanwhile, be sure to connect with each of us on LinkedIn and join the VO Booth Besties Facebook group. Replays are all available to listen to on our website, boothbesties.com, on YouTube, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Be sure to share your comments, like, and subscribe, and sign up for the Booth Besties Monday newsletter so you know what's coming up in the week ahead, and you'll also find discounts from our affiliate partners there as well.
1: And coming up on Thursday in our VO 101 series, we'll be joined by Christy Bowen to talk about... E-learning. So I hope to see you there. Yeah, you've been you've brought up e-learning, J. Michael. So she's one of the again, best. Yes. Thank you for joining us, and thanks everyone in the audience for joining us. And we'll talk to you on Thursday. Bye. Thank you
3: guys for having me. Bye everybody. Yeah,
1: Good night. Bye. Thank you.
3: Hey
0: everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of
2: VO Booth Besties. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Well, pretty much anywhere they're playing podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook so we can keep the conversation going. Video Booth Besties. Yeah, it's a thing.